0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Metal Politics Chill. Get used to that kind of wankery on this podcast because it's going to happen a lot. Anyway, I'm glad that all of you who are currently listening to this at this point in time, whenever you might be listening to this, I'm glad you are listening to this because it means that you are interested in the podcast or are currently digging the podcast. If you're re-listening to this right now, thank you very much. I very, very much appreciate you as a human being and as, a, I guess, a fan because, I mean, only a fan at this point would re-listen to an entire episode I I don't even think I would listen to it, re-listen to an entire episode, so good on you. I uh, have high respect for you. However, uh, let us move on because uh, this intro. I mean, I don't even know th- this is an intro at this point. <laughs> so I don't really know how long this is going to be. I think it's just going to be as long as I talk, but it's the cutoff is definitely going to be an hour because I just don't have the time. It is currently. 11.31 p.m., and I gotta get to work in the morning, so I can't have it be longer than an hour. So, that's nice. Um, however, I do know what I kind of wanted to talk about, because um, now I was out going for a walk tonight. Um, I was walking my dogs, because um, I, I, I'm not really a walk-dog kind of person, but my mom has said that while my parents are away, I have to walk the dogs every day. Just a little five-minute walk just to make sure that they get their exercise and walk around a little bit. And whenever I go on walks, I tend to listen to the same album. I, I tend to listen to um, Warbringer's new album, uh, um, Weapons of Tomorrow. And like that, that album came out in like April right? Yeah, it came out in April. I personally am more of a fan of um, Woe to the Vanquished, but maybe that's just, I'm biased because that's the album that I that I got into Warbringer listening to, and that I became a fan of, I became a fan of them when I, uh, when they released that album. So maybe I'm biased, but I still enjoy uh, Weapons of Tomorrow, and I listen to it a lot. Um, and for some reason, I listen to it a lot when I walk my dogs. I think it's because I, the first time I did take my dogs out for a walk, I was listening to music, and at one point I put on um, Outer Reaches from that from that album, which is a really awesome song. Um, really crazy, because like... I, I didn't expect them to talk about a topic like outer space and 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 uh, human race leaving Earth and voyaging out because usually I mean when you got a ba- name like Warbringer usually they just talk about like politics or war or or history or or something like that. I didn't really expect them to go in a outer space version like kind of route with this, but it was pretty gnarly and and. One part that I really remember is in the very first bit of the song where the rhythm guitar, like, it's just the rhythm guitar and the drums going, and the drums are, like, hitting on the hi-hat really, really fast going, t's, 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 and then the rhythm guitar comes in with a just an open, open E, like, uh, tremolo picking. But there's like a phaser on the guitar. So it's going like wow like making like like this weird outer space kind of hyperdrive sound. And I just remember when I first heard that, I was like, Whoa, dude. That's gnarly. <laughs> just having a little mini like geek out moment because I was just like, yeah, like that's that's the kind of out of the box thing that I love in in songs. And I, I love little ear candies, little little things like that. It makes it interesting. Um, and so I, I listened to that when I was out walking my dogs for one of the first times. Maybe just because I like walking my dogs at night. Uh, mostly because there aren't any people around. <laughs> um, and so when you're out walking them... And you look up and you see the night sky, it kind of gets you thinking uh, just about what might be out there. I personally believe there are aliens out there. I'm not talking about, like, like little green men and stuff like that. But I definitely believe that there is some form of intelligent life out there. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am a Christian. And I believe that God probably uh, created us and then also... Went on to create other life forms on other planets. It's very possible, um, and yeah, hopefully we'll find some. I would really love to uh, to come in contact with intelligent life form. I think it could be very interesting. But however, um, I. Uh, so, you see how I go off on these little little side things? I'm like a tree, like I grow roots, and then those roots grow roots, and I have to, like, finish those. Anyway, so, I was I would listen to Outer Reaches while I was walking my dogs, and I started listening to other songs, and uh, I've kind of had a bigger appreciation for the album in general. Like, I, I just, I enjoy it a bit more now that I've listened to it again and again. It's one of those things where, like, if you only listen to the album once, then you, can, you can't really appreciate it as much, so you kind of have to go back to it in order to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was really awesome. Um, and so that's kind of what I've been doing. And I was doing that a little bit tonight, and uh, there were just uh, some songs that I was reminded of um, that uh, just kind of... Made me think. You know what? I think I'm going to talk about this album on on the podcast for the first episode, um, and uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about for a little bit. Just uh, going through some of the tracks. I'm not going to play any of them because uh, I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna that if I did that, I'd have to like pay royalties or something like that, um, <laughs> which uh, I do not want to do. So, um. We're just gonna chat about some of the songs. I'm gonna grab my iPad, put it in front of me, and just like kind of go through a few of them, give my own personal takes on the lyrics. Cause I I'm I'm a big lyric guy. Like I think that some of the uh, the best parts of the song are in the lyrics, and that's one of the reason I hate most modern pop music is just because there's so lack. There's such a lack of of um content that is like, thought-provoking, or... And it doesn't always have to be thought-provoking, but there's so little of it nowadays in popular music. And some of the most popular songs right now... I mean, like, one of the most popular songs right now is uh, Wet Ass Pussy by Cardi B. And, I mean, like... (laughs) I remember literally when I when I first listened to that song all the way through, I watched the video at the same time, and I just for the entire I had just this concerned blank expression on my face. <laughs> it was kind of funny because I, I I just I just had my brow was furrowed, my mouth was open cuz I was just like, "What the hell is this?" Like, "Why is what?" I don't even <laughs> so so yeah I, I just think that nowadays lyrics don't th- th- there isn't as much substance substance I, I don't know there is, is substance that's the word I'm looking for there isn't a much, as much substance in in lyrics nowadays and so whenever I listen to a new album I like to listen to the music but I also like to read the l- lyrics and that's very... It, it Usually, the lyrics are a good portion of whether or not I enjoy that song. So I'm just going to grab my iPad for like one second. So I can get the ly- the uh, the uh, song titles and lyrics in front of me. Ten seconds. I'm just going to go off to the side. I am back. Alright. So... There were some like, like... First off, it starts off with the song um, Firepower Kills which has the um the uh the lyrics in it uh, we will build a brighter future with the weapons of tomorrow hence the name of the the album i think that firepower kills is a pretty cool thing i actually saw warbringer in september um and and they played firepower kills and this was before and I'm talking September of last year, not this year. Um, because of our little friend COVID. COVID-19. Um, and uh, so I saw them a year ago. For the first and only time so far. But I hope to see them again soon. Whenever COVID ends. Hopefully soon. So, uh, But I did see them play Firepower Kills and i was like this is a pretty gnarly song it, it it kind of brought me back to like like uh old school warbringer it just kind of had that vibe of like like going back to their roots so- sort of if that makes sense like it sounded like something that could be off of like um off of some of their earlier albums like uh like war without end and uh, waking into nightmares it just sounded really cool. I, I, I dug it a lot. Um, and uh, then I went into uh, The Black Hand Reaches Out, which was uh, the the single with the music video that they put out. That song is one of my favorites. Like, it just, it is such a, just a beast of a song. Just punches you right in the face. Really awesome. And just has that, like, like, deadly assassin Soviet Union style to the lyrics of, like... And whenever I start talking about Warbringer, sometimes I go into sounding like John Keeble. For those of you who don't know, John Keeble was the singer. And he has this way of talking, and I absolutely love it, where he, when he starts talking about things, I don't know what... He, he doesn't sound like anyone I've ever heard. He sounds like this. So for this song, I was thinking that uh, I wanted to really get into the, into the... The really feel of World War Two. So what I did was I, <laughs> it, it, like I don't I don't know I've never heard anyone talk like him and I love it so much. Um, and uh, yeah, I hear he's he's gonna try to uh, teach uh, history classes. That's what he wants to do. He wants to teach college history classes, which I would totally take that class. <laughs> um. Then he uh, the 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 album goes into the song uh, crush beneath the tracks this is a really heavy song really awesome I dig it a lot um, the lyrics were also really gnarly because that it's like I got the feeling that they were referring to kind of the progress of technology throughout the age starting with like the um, the uh, the the first railroad in uh, in the United States like that was the one of the biggest forms of, of, of technological advancement of the Industrial Revo, Revo, uh, Revolution. Because uh, before that, you didn't really have, like, like any, any way to, to get... Like, before that, you basically just got in your carriage with your horse and you just went places. And you got to where you needed to be in, like, six months. With this railroad now, you get in the train... And you go for it, and you get there in like six days. Like that was such a huge advance for for the United States, and it's very, um, it's definitely one, probably, arguably one of the most groundbreaking technological achievements of the United States uh, in terms of our own progress in technology. I'm unaware of of. Uh, if the ra- there was a railroad around before uh, that that was as big before us, there probably was, but um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it does kind of make it interesting. Of uh, the 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 song makes a very interesting point of of how with technology kind of progressing as it is. What kind of gets buried behind that? you know what what with our advances in technology, what do we leave behind and and just kind of what gets crushed beneath the tracks, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's a very interesting song. I remember listening to it and rocking out in my room because whenever i whenever a new album comes out or a new song or whatever, I usually I just put my headphones on and I just rock out in my room for like an hour straight, depending on how long the album is. But I just remember doing that for both uh, Weapons of Tomorrow and V by Havoc, which I might end up getting to at some point. I'd very much enjoy uh, talking about that album because there was a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, Crush Beneath the Tracks was awesome. I just remember rocking out in my room and reading the lyrics and being like damn this is some interesting stuff thought provoking you know uh i very much enjoyed it and uh also carlos cruz if he is listening to this i doubt he is but if he is or if anyone who knows him is tell him from me that dude you killed it with that drum intro and the drumming throughout for his his drumming and his riff Mastery, like, on the entire album is fantastic. For those of you who don't know how they write their songs, Warbringer, at least from my understanding, for the most part, the guys, Adam and Chase, the two guitarists, they will sometimes send in their riffs that they don't really know what to do with to Carlos, the drummer, and he will put together a song based on their riffs and whatever he's coming up with. and then he'll record those tracks in his studio and then they'll have a song, which I, I find very awesome. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I do all of my own recording and, and, and stuff as well. but I really enjoy that the idea of that con- the concept of that kind of thing it's um it's very cool and they write songs in different ways too like they some of the songs that I'll talk about in a little bit they spawned uh from a jam session like outer reaches i believe and also i think um i think Notre Dame which i'll also get to in a little bit but yeah um his but carlos is probably the the most valuable member of of warbringer from what i've seen just because of his his just mastery of being able to put together a song based off of what other people have sent him and what he's able to add and contribute he's basically the when when people say like the drummer is the backbone of the band like, I don't think every drummer is the backbone of the band, but I think that he is definitely the backbone. Like, it's very, it's very obvious that he is just a, a very intelligent musician when it comes to songwriting and song composition and everything. So, props to him. And if anyone knows him, give him my love. <laughs> so next on the album is Defiance of Fate. Um now I'm going to say what a friend of mine said. <laughs> I I said to him Defiance of Fate was awesome and he was like, "Dude, Defiance of Fate blew off my pp." <laughs> straight I was like straight up. Man, Defiance of Fate was so frickin' gnarly. Like I love it when bands take a step away from what they usually do and try something new. Like, I love it when bands do that. It doesn't always work, but I respect the hell out of them for doing it. And when it comes to, to like trying new things, Warbringer definitely is one of those bands where it's kind of hard to see them doing that just because they have a very defined sound and it's very like you hear warbringer song and you're like oh that's warbringer um and so hearing them try something new was very cool i really enjoyed it it was like they started out nice and chill and calm with a clean intro that went into a bit of a heavier guitar section and then the verse went back into a clean section Now, here's the one thing, and this is just me personally, and I know a lot of my friends who are metal elitists, you know who you are, are going to get pissed at me for saying this, or at least they're going to be like, bro, just shut up. But here it is. I would love to hear John Keevil sing a bit. Like, just... It doesn't have to be anything amazing but i'd love to hear him what he sounds like if he just did something a little bit of a singing thing i don't it doesn't need to be in warbringer but i would be very interested to hear that me personally and so when they broke into the verse section i thought oh is he gonna start singing awesome and then he didn't end up singing he basically, he did a, a vocal technique that sounded a little bit kind of like black metal a bit. But, like, it was basically a toned down, like, almost his usual technique, but almost as if he was whispering it. And it was very well done, in my opinion. It, it works for what he does. um, Because, honestly, I don't really see Warbringer. And, and this might kind of go back a little bit on what I said, but I don't really see Warbringer as a band that would that would um that would have singing in it, you know? It just doesn't really fit the style. Um there are bands that have gotten away with doing it simply because they they have incorporated bits and pieces of singing beforehand, like Havoc. Um and uh but Warbringer's never really done that. So I I don't really know if it would work. I'd be very interested to see if it would work, but, you know, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, so he he went into that, and then in the, cor- in the chorus, he goes back into his normal vocals because it, it picks up and gets heavy again. It goes back into the verse where it goes clean, and he does his thing. It goes into another chorus, and then it goes into the best part of the song where it transitions into just this absolute melodic beauty of a song like it just soars and it just cuz and the whole first part of the song is basically you can tell it's someone who's like going through a tough time like they're they're talking about just feeling tired and wanting to just be over with and on some level i can understand that cuz there's a lot of things in this world that that just absolutely just i get tired after some points in time i just think god i'm just i'm just so tired of of all this and so this person is clearly struggling with these emotions and these th- feelings of man is anything like worth it one day i'm gonna die and then will i be remembered will any of what i do matter and you know they and they're just like i can't defy my fate i can't defy my fate to die and not be remembered and then the last half which is the the best part again just that beautiful soaring bit is just that person saying no I will not, as he says in the lyrics, I will not go silently into the dark. Basically, saying I, I'm going to be remembered. People will remember me. I will burn bright. I will be seen, remembered, and people will talk about me long after I'm gone. And you just hear that, and you just go, Hell yeah! Whoa! <laughs> It just, it just rocks you. It is so... Mm, you get hyped. I was listening to it right before I started recording this whole thing. And I just started going, Oh, yes! Just freaking out because I was just losing it. And it was just hyping me up, getting me ready to go. You know? Like, you you just can't, like... It's one of those songs you listen to on your worst day. It's 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 one of those things where you listen to it on your worst day, and it will get you in the right mindset for for making making shit happen. It's awesome. And and then also Carlos Cruz has a solo in the song, a guitar solo, which I never thought I'd ever hear, and I loved it. Um, considering he's the drummer, <laughs> um, and it was just it's just such an awesome song. Like you, you listen to it and you immediately feel motivated to just do things and, and be, and, and, and get ready for like, just you get motivated to, to make stuff happen, you know? And so I would definitely put that as one of my top tracks on the song on, on the album I mean it it's perfect in just about every way then from that positive note we go into the song Unraveling which is basically John Keewell described it as the the opposite of the p- previous song where someone is like in that mindset of depression, but they don't have that super awesome, like, revelation, and they decide to, that they want to commit suicide. Um, so, yeah. And I, I, I just remember listening to it and reading the lyrics and being like, huh, well, this isn't, this is kind of ironic considering the last song. <laughs> like, but it's, it's, um, it's such an awesome song in the in the sense of like musically, it's 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 amazing. It's an absolute powerhouse. I think that I I heard that um, that uh, someone asked one of the guys in Warbringer a question of, um, is there a song that is faster than uh, than the uh, the previous? fastest song that Warbringer had done, Shellfire, which is probably my favorite Warbringer song, or at least one of my top three. And, uh... Uh... And, uh... One of the guys in Warbringer answered, now there's one song on our new album, which is faster. And since Unraveling is the fastest song in the album, I'm assuming that's the one that they're talking about. Um... It is an absolute powerhouse of a song. Again, it just goes really fast and and furious and kind of brings you back to that old Warbringer vocal style of in, in at one point where he goes, Unrelenting fury! Unrelenting pain! Unrelenting down this all old, old You trespass knife Do my pain! And it just starts like spitting out the lyrics rapid fire. And um, I bet you all love that uh, that little rendition. <laughs> um but it was gnarly it's a gnarly song the lyrics aren't uh like promoting suicide at all but like that's one of the one of the negative things that people take away from metal is that like people say oh people in metal are always talking about these dark things and they're they're condoning suicide and the devil worship and stuff we're not doing any of that we're just talking about it like you know like we can talk about these kind of things and a lot of things like i don't i don't think that we we are doing the world a service to just forget about them and and sing about partying all the time some bands do that and some some bands just don't write serious stuff and that's their thing and some people like like are are more inclined to write serious stuff i think that there are just too many um people nowadays who who are like just wanting to write about just partying going out living like living like Larry and stuff like that, you know? Like, just, uh... It's, uh... It's a shame, I personally think. I think that there's there's more to life than just going out and getting hammered. I know a lot of listeners might disagree with that. (laughs) But, tis the culture. Next on the song is track number six, Heart of Darkness. Now, this... This is interesting because this is the one song where I wasn't rocking out the entire time, simply because of the lyrics. When I I realized what it was about, so musically it is phenomenal. It has this like really awesome baseline that I that stuck out, and I remember when um I watched uh. The science of thrash, which is the, uh, the little mini documentary about their uh, creative process in the album. Um, John Keevil, he he specifically talked to the bass player of Warbringer about putting out about writing an uh, a bass line that felt like winding down the river uh, of of uh this this thing in a part I I forget I believe there's the book Heart of Darkness. I've never read it but um I've heard of it. Um it has something to do with the uh with the slave trade if I'm not very much mistaken. Um I might be, but well I'll, I'm probably going to look this up after and then be like, "Dang it, I I'm an idiot." Um but um there is a there's like the uh he he was very uh John keevil was very intentional with how he wanted the bass to sound when he um when he gave it to the bass player when he talked to the bass player of Warbringer about exactly what he wanted and he was like I want it to sound this way and it really stuck out I really enjoyed it 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 was it's a very nice bass line that's just kind of you could sit back and listen to it and just it it sounds like you're floating down a river. It's kinda of like and it just kind of it's a progression and it just it's very deliberate. And I and you can tell just by listening to it. Um and so Throughout the rest of the song, musically, also, it's just fantastic. And it just takes you on a journey. I believe it's the longest song on the record. Um, uh, and the one before that is Defiance of Fate, um, as far as the longest song goes, but only by about five seconds. <laughs> um But when I was reading the lyrics, it really stuck out to me because the lyrics are all about the slaves that were taken away from Africa and brought into the United States. And it was very interesting to listen to an artistic piece about it that kind of was different than what you usually hear, you know, like... I don't I don't usually hear songs about slave trade, you know. Usually, you you I I think it's because most pop music and stars like that, they usually put out songs about like um, that are that are more relevant to the modern day. However, there was one line in the lyrics that stuck out to me. As interesting, and this is the part that um, that kind of made me pause and start to think a little bit. Um, it says, um, "Through the years, an unending stain: the crack of whips, the clack of chains, and even today, the echo remains. Witness the still beating heart of darkness." It was interesting for me because, it. I think that like th- this was, this was, before, the um. The uh riots because of the um George Floyd thing, and I don't mean to be disrespectful when I call it the George Floyd thing. That's just how I talk, um. Which I think that we can all agree was a tragedy, um. I think that, but but it it happened before that, and and so I. But but a lot of these conversations were still happening, and I was talking to a lot of people about stuff like this, Um, and uh, it kind of got it kind of paused me from rocking out like crazy. Just kind of, I sat down. I I kind of leaned against uh, my desk. I didn't sit down, but I leaned against my desk and I was just kind of thinking about the lyrics as as I listened to it, which doesn't often happen. Um but I I really I really enjoyed the song and I think that it's a uh, it's definitely a song that is uh it's kind of one of those artistic pieces, you know? You kind of get that feeling. Anyway, moving on to track number 7. Now this song was released way before the album was. This was released man when was this released? Cuz album came out in April of 2020, almost May. But they released Power Unsurpassed single in 2018. So they released this like almost 2 years Before the album came out, I didn't think it was going to be a. I didn't think it was going to be on the new album. I thought it was just going to be a single that they just put out, and that was it. I didn't expect them to put it on the actual album, but I'm glad that they did because it is one of my absolute favorite Warbringer songs. Power Unsurpassed just has this riff that just. It just sounds gnarly. It, it, it's it's not a very like, oh my gosh, groundbreaking riff. It's kind of a it's kind of a simple style riff, but there is just a, a certain twist on how they did it. Like you hear it like it's it's kind of a So it's kind of like a, a down picking gallop style riff. But the way that they did it is different from how usual pe- usually people do a gallop down picking combo riff, which is kind of what's cool about it is just how they they took it and put it in their own direction, and it's such a a badass riff. If you ever get the chance, listen to the song like right now. And you'll see what I mean. It's just a driving riff, and it makes you want to just run headfirst into a brick wall and break through it. Um, And the song itself is really interesting. Because it talks about, like, leaders who have power unsurpassed and dangers of something like that. And you can totally tell that he's talking about Trump. And... um, Let's see here. It is currently, we've got about two to one to two weeks until election. So um, whenever the election happens, uh, most likely people will listen to this. If they're going to listen to this, they'll listen to it before the, uh, the election. However, there's probably going to be a lot of people who listen to it after the election as well, if people end up getting into this. So whoever wins, um, we shall find out. <laughs> but in this song, you can kind of tell he was talking about Trump when he's talking and 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 even he was he was kind of hinting to that when he was talking about it in the science of thrash, where he's like, Think of a leader, uh... This song is kind of about a leader who is maybe is a bit irresponsible, maybe a bit reckless, and, uh... Maybe a little bit, um... Uh, what, what was the word he used? He said a little, uh... A little bit arrogant, and... And stuff, and, and I was thinking to myself, hmm, I wonder who he could be talking about. <laughs> um... And so it was um, it was interesting stuff. I, I definitely agree that that uh, leaders should not have as much power as they do. I, I, I personally define myself as a conservative libertarian. And that kind of... I, I, I personally advocate for, for the people to have more control than the government. In certain cases, I, pers- I I personally think that the government is meant to be a tool, similar to a hammer. A tool in the tool belt for people to make sure that their liberties and freedoms are to be kept intact. And I think that the government at the moment has way too much power. There are a lot of politicians in power who shouldn't be in power. and uh, And there are a lot of politicians who will become in power, maybe we'll see in a week or two who might become come into power who shouldn't be in power and uh let's just uh let's just see uh (laughs) we shall see what ends up happening but that's my personal opinion on the whole thing but power unsurpassed as a song is gnarly it's a absolute backbreaker of a song It'll just, it will destroy you in, like, the best way possible. I love it. One of my personal favorites. Next song is Outer Reaches. Again, I already talked about it at the beginning, but I'll kind of recap a little bit, just because I just remember listening to it and just really enjoying it. It's just such a gnarly song. Very awesome. There is... The ninth song, Notre Notre Dame, King of Fools. But I want to talk about the one after that, Glorious End, because I can talk more about Notre Dame, and I think it works better to wrap up the podcast um, to talk about that one. So let's talk about Glorious End first. Glorious End, for me, would have been cooler when the album came out if they hadn't already released it as a single. Because when I listened to glorious end I had already listened to it which granted probably my mistake because then I kind of already listened to it I knew what to expect and whatever going into the future I'm I might not listen to who am I kidding I'm totally gonna listen to the singles <laughs> who am I kidding um but yeah, I think that it would have been better if they had released a different song as a single, uh, simply because I felt like "Glorious" and it was an epic ending to the uh, to the album, but it kind of took away from that because I had already heard it. But it still was really awesome, and I'm always down for for the the war songs that Warbringer talks about. And it was very interesting too because it was – it, it, it kind of reminded me of, of the book um, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. And I think he might he, – he probably had that in mind because it was definitely talking about World War I. And there was a lot of uh, propaganda back in the day of, of, you know, you go out and you fight for your country and you, and you win glory and honor beyond your wildest dreams and, and young men – who who were naive to what war was really all about, were thinking, yes, we're going to go we're going to fight, we're going to win, we're going to kill some enemies, and we're going to get that glory and go back to all the to all the beer and maidens of, that we get. I, I don't know. Something like that. But then they'd go out and they'd see what war is really all about, and they they would be like, we were cheated. We were cheated out of out of our lives with this. And we can't go back, we can't desert, we can't un enlist. It doesn't work like that. It is what it is. And if we did, we'd be dishonored. So But and then most of them die. Like that's one of the things too. A lot of them die. And that's kinda what this song kinda reminds me of. It's because the the the, the first, like, five-sixths of the song is, like, from their perspective and also from, like, the father, like, of one of the the soldiers being like, go out, my son, and fight, and win, and gain glory for, your, for us, or whatever. And so it just kind of has this idealistic thing. And I kind of I when I first listened to the song, I was like, "Oh, this isn't gonna last." And sure enough, in the last bit of the song, it includes um, uh, it includes uh, a line and a little ending, basically of the first time the soldiers go into battle, and they immediately get killed, like they immediately get bombed by mustard gas and they start choking to death and dying of 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 the 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 toxic gas and the uh the lyrics really stood out to me i just remember listening to them and even on the second time they stood out to me it was great I said my time has finally come i will prove myself at last but i never saw the enemy when they hit us with the gas Then I watched my brothers perish, consumed by the smoke, faces twist in agony, clutching ruined throats. As I die among so many, my name is lost in the crowd. As I'm spitting out my lungs, my father, are you proud? Truly a glorious end, into a silent tomb I fall. What glory awaits us all? Tell me, father, have you lied? This is no way for a soldier to die. What was the meaning when I fell? Where is the glory? Where is the glory for me? Even now as I'm reading it, I'm just like, damn. Dude, seriously. Like, World War I was definitely like just a, a technological war of just some of the most terrible things that humans can be subjected to, especially mustard gas. Like, there's a reason we don't use that anymore. Like, it's just it's just one of those things where people just look at it in the past and we all just agreed, like, okay, we're, we're never going to do that again. <laughs> and it was just, it was a truly, it was a glorious end to the album. <laughs> like, it really um, was very appropriately named. Definitely a highlight. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about the second-to-last song, Notre Dame, King of Fools' last, is because I want to bre- breach it in with another part of my life that some of you might not know about. I was um, in musical theater. I, I await all of the-, the jokes about me being a faggot or something like that. Um, but screw you. It was fun, and I do not regret it. And I kind of want to do it again if I get the opportunity. Now, um, the song Notre Dame, King of Fools, I was really happy to see that because my favorite musical of all time is The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, and the lyrics in that song are pretty awesome. First of all, the let's just talk about the music. The music is awesome. It, ha- it opens up with, in my opinion, the sickest clean Warbringer guitar riff I have ever heard. It's a very interesting, like, I I don't know who wrote it. I think it was Adam, but it could have been Carlos. Either one, either way, it was awesome. And it's my personal favorite clean riff that Warbringer has done. Now, then it goes into like some kind of black metal style guitar riff sometimes, and then gets into some thrashy parts. It's just, just punch you in the face. It's so great. Such an awesome song. The lyrics are cool too. Because I, again, Hunchback of Notre Dame is my favorite musical simply because of the meaning behind them now the lyrics didn't really dive into the meaning of the the musical in my opinion but they did kind of talk about like the old hunchback of notre dame quasimodo when he gets crowned king of fools and people start making fun of him and he goes for sanctuary in in the uh in the amongst the bells of notre dame and wishes that he were made of stone like the gargoyles because humanity and the world is cruel to him and they don't accept him. Now, in the musical, this whole thing still happens. But in the in the musical, there's this overlaying tone of of it's not a happy musical. Disney took the the musical and they turned it into a nice little happy Disney ending to make the kitties be nice and happy at the very end of it, but the musical is not nice and happy. For spoiler alerts for anyone who still wants to see it, you have been warned. Esmeralda, the the the, the girl in in it, she ends up dying at the end of um, smoke inhalation because she almost she gets burned alive, um, and and. Quasimodo saves her before the fires take her out, but she basically dies of smoke inhalation. Um and then Quasimodo, this part they did keep in the in the Disney movie, Quasim but actually they didn't even really keep this into it because in in the Disney movie, um the the main villain Judge Claude Fro- Frollo, he gets he falls into a a uh, a thing of molten lava. In the musical, Quasimodo throws him into it, um, and so yeah, <laughs> I don't think that Disney would have wanted to keep that anyway. But um, in the musical, there's this this line that that's said in in, in um, the very final song uh, of of the musical. Because cause, uh, in in the very beginning, uh, there's a song where the the villain, Frollo, he, he takes care of Quasimodo, and he's kind of like, keeps him hidden away in the towers. And he says to Quasimodo, in the form of song, The world is cruel. The world is wicked. It's I alone who you can trust in this whole city. I am your only friend. Basically saying, this world won't accept you. It's cruel. It's wicked. It's ugly. It has no, it, it will not accept you. There's no place for you here. And there's no place for a lot of people in here. It's so, yeah. And, and at the very end of the musical, after all of this stuff goes down, people die, but there are nice people in it, kind people. Um, and and even and and they die a lot of them but at the very end there's a line in in the very last song they bring it back where they say the world is cruel the world is wicked but there are times and there are people when the world is not and And then they say, and at its cruelest, it's still the only world we've got. And I just remember when I first heard that thinking, yes, that is what I have been trying to tell people for the past few years. This world of cruelty and hate and polarization and frickin' politics and idiotic behavior— with people who are supposed to be in charge and even and, and even this division in our society. It's cruel, it's bad, it's wicked, it's ugly. But it's not all that. And we have such a bad habit in our society of look of just simply focusing on the bad. Because we take a look at like all the injustice in our world and we think to ourselves, that's all the world is. But it's so much more than that, man. You know, it, There's so much beauty in this world. There's so much love in this world. There are so many people that I have met and been around who are just – are proof of that. And it's not all – the politics, and it's not all the hatred. They're just the people who make the most noise, you know? Like, and and we have such a bad habit. I, I, I remember, I, I saw this, um, by the way, I say I, I, I a lot, <laughs> if you haven't noticed already. So if that gets annoying, uh, tough. But I saw this, this post, um... That someone wrote, I think it was from Twitter. Um, but I saw it on um, I saw it on uh, Instagram. Uh, a screenshot of it, I believe. Um, and it was this: the social norm of it's your ethical responsibility to be constantly aware of and angry about every bad thing happening in the world at all times, even if you can't possibly do anything about it, is possibly the best way I can imagine to create a burnout and cynicism and depression in a population. So good job, guys. And I remember reading that and I just being like, oh my gosh, yes. Because in our society, I, I just so many people I talk to are just like, the world sucks, America sucks, people suck, I hate everything. And I'm like, dude, you're only focusing on, on the bad stuff right now because they're the stuff that makes the most noise. I'm not saying that those bad stuff are not important and relevant and terrible, but it's not the whole frame. It's not the whole picture, you know? Like, there's so much more. And I think that people are blinded to that nowadays because they listen to, to the news all the time, and they listen to people who have no idea what they're talking about, And even people who do know what they're talking about, and they're not helping the situation, they're just fueling the fire. And they're focusing on the things that shouldn't be focused on as much, and people wonder why they're unhappy, (laughs) you know? So, but that's what I grabbed from the musical Hunchback of Notre Dame is just that in this world, There's going to be cruelty. There's going to be evil people. There's going to be injustice. It's going to happen. You have to be prepared for it. But at the same time, that's not all that it is. There are good people out there. There are amazing, fantastic people out there. There are good things in this world that are worth sticking around for. There are Good things to come. It's not all anger and hate and bitterness unless you focus on that, you know? You gotta, you got to, you have to look beyond that to see the real beauty that this world has to offer. And that's just what I got from Hunchback of Notre Dame. If you ever get the opportunity, um, either look it up on YouTube, there's probably a recorded version of, of it, or once this whole pandemic is over, go to see Hunchback of Notre Dame. I especially ask this of, of my metal friends out there because I know it. musicals may not really be your, uh, your style. However, I think that it would be a very interesting thing for some of you, um, and uh, there's a there. It's also can be very funny at at times. So, I believe that uh, I'm gonna wrap it up right around now. I am very excited to keep doing this. I I really enjoyed this time. Uh, with this whole first episode, I was a little unsure because I was like, am I going to be able to talk for an hour straight about something? And c- very clearly, I underestimated my power. <laughs> but um, I'm looking forward to doing this more. I plan to have uh, maybe some guests on at some point. I have a few friends of mine who um, I think would be very. Uh, it would be very fun to have them on just to talk about whatever we'd like to talk about. And uh, I look forward to many, many more episodes after this. Hopefully. Excuse me. Uh, So, this has been the very first episode of Metal, Politics, and Chill. I hope you all enjoyed, and I hope that you all come back for more. I shall see you then!